Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Calibre. We're focusing on renewable energy infrastructure this week and the impact of rising interest rates on the broader investment trust sector. Hi, I'm Josh Murphy. Today, I've been joined by Will Argent, investment advisor of the Gravis Clean Energy Income Fund. Hi, Will. How are you? Hi there. Very well, thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, great to have you on. Let's kick things off. The fund sits in the IA infrastructure sector. How does it differ from a typical infrastructure fund? Um, well, I think firstly, the clear thematic focus of the strategy, uh, which is on infrastructure relating to the energy transition. Um, so the underlying portfolio has a very large core exposure to renewable energy generation assets. Um, so that's a clear differentiator against sort of broader uh, infrastructure strategies. Um, I'd also suggest the, the sort of keen focus on income generation that we have. Uh, I'm not so sure that that is a, uh, a key area of focus for other strategies, uh, but it, it is for us. We're an income-focused uh, uh, vehicle, and uh, we, we are targeting uh, 4.5% net yield. And Will, this fund, fund invests in investment trusts within the sector. As rates rose, a lot of investment trusts suffered. Do you think we'll see a strong bounce back when we get more clarity on rate cuts? Uh, yeah, so I think just to provide some context around, um, around the, the sort of recent situation, um, you, you know, these... Um, uh, renewable energy companies, these renewable energy infrastructure assets provide exposure to very long dated cash flows. Now, um, as interest rates increased and um, as a result, um, reference yields, um, so things like government bond yields uh, increased, you know, that has hurt our sector. And the reasons being, you know, the impact of higher rates um, that has a provides a, a headwind uh, for the present value of, of these long-dated cash flows that, that, that our companies generate. And then secondly, there's the relative attraction of, uh, say, investment-grade bonds or, or government gilts um, or, or treasuries in the US, for example, which are now yielding higher, higher levels. Um, and of course, infrastructure, uh, including our particular area of focus in renewable energy infrastructure, uh, sort of derated accordingly uh, in order to offer, um, uh, you, you know, uh, sort of reacting to those higher reference yields on uh, other traditional fixed income uh, assets. Um, so that's the sort of backdrop we've been in. And, and uh, we've seen the strong uh, positive reaction late last year as markets started to uh, sort of think about uh, rate cuts coming down the line in 2024. Um, I think markets got a little bit ahead of themselves um, and, um, you know, long dated yields came back quite sharply and they, they've blown out a bit more this year uh, as the markets had to sort of temper its expectations around the timing of rate cuts. Um, but going back to the question, you know, you saw that reaction late last, last year, that very strong positive reaction to the idea of rate cuts coming. Um, they, we, we fully expect them to come 
uh, during 2024 in all our sort of key jurisdictions uh, uh, where we're exposed. Um, and so I think it's reasonable to expect that kind of, uh, you know, bounce back, that, that, that sort of good um, performance to, to sort of reignite as we great, get greater visibility around those rate cuts. So, yes. No, that certainly makes a lot of sense. I guess looking at the, the bigger picture here, how, how do you expect these underlying trusts and assets to behave through an economic cycle? Yeah, so um, at, at the asset level, um, you know, these are companies that have very highly contracted cash flows, right? They're, they're selling, uh, the companies we own, they are selling electricity. You know, they're, they're selling the power they produce uh, on a highly contracted basis. So, um, you know, these, these are underpinned by very long-term um, contracts with high-quality off-takers, whether those are utilities um, or other high-quality corporates. Um, you know, the, the electricity that's produced is also uh, a critical service and so regardless of the stage in the economic cycle I think you know at an asset level we'd expect um, the assets to continue generating the power continue to generate cash flows uh, and you know those very resilient income streams at a, at a trust level so a company level um, you know the ratings that are ascribed to these these trusts and companies are subject to market sentiment, and that does oscillate through through market cycles. I think from where we are at the moment, um, uh, you know, looking to sort of relatively flat um, uh, sort of economic growth, certainly certainly at home in the UK, we're we're in a technical recession. You know, if, if that leads to rate cuts as we expect and and, and lower longer term yields, um, you know, I, I think that would be uh, provide a, a sort of a tailwind for ratings. But I'd also suggest that if you're in a uh, a period of relatively weak um, economic um, activity. The, the, the relative security and resilience of the cash flows that these companies um, generate, I think, may come back to the fore, uh, as we've seen in the past, and, and, and investors sort of, uh, uh, they come back onto the radar for, for, for more investors, potentially. And Will, more recently, and very much all over the news at the start of this year, energy storage and battery trusts have had a horrible time. Why is this? And does the fund have exposure to this area? And and how how have they performed? Uh, yeah, so so you're right. The the, the pure play battery energy storage um, companies um, these are sort of mainly listed in London have, have had a, a, a difficult time. So revenues fell in 2023 versus the prior year, um, and that. Uh, decline became far more um, uh, sort of acute uh, towards the back end of last year. Um, so, so a disappointing year on year uh, for revenues um, for these these companies, and at the same time, the underlying sort of cost of debt, for example, um, has increased. So, you know, they've had a bit of a, a challenging year, and the reasons for that. Um, on the revenue level is lower ancillary service revenues from um, providing services to the to the grid that uh, follows very high 
prices available in 2022. Um, to a degree, that reflects um, greater saturation uh, of batteries in the in the market. Um, a second reason for lower revenues would be um, sort of a lower intraday volatility we've seen in electricity prices, uh, and this is sort of in part uh, caused by, by it's partly impacted by the by the absolute level of power prices coming back. Uh, uh, one element, but but basically that um, lower intraday volatility has reduced the opportunities for uh, trading revenues again on a sort of year on year basis. So you know certainly providing some headwinds for that space and and you're right the the, the companies the share prices have have um declined derated you know very sharply we do have some exposure in the vt gravis clean energy income fund um relatively modest um but what i would say is where we have that exposure, we we recognise the revenue uncertainty in these models. Um, certainly, versus the core of our fund of our strategy, uh, which is highly contracted renewable energy generation. So, I think we we sort of apportion the exposure to that to that risk to these companies uh, accordingly, uh, and sort of recognise they sat in our let's say. Uh, more commercial revenue uh, bucket. Uh, and will how do valuations look look today on on battery storage? And I guess more broadly across the portfolio. Um, so, in, in terms of the ratings of these companies, um, you know, share prices versus the latest asset valuations, um, the battery storage names are you know trading at very deep discounts. Um, there has certainly been a reaction uh, to the deterioration in revenues um, recently. Um, you know, it has surprised the market more broadly. So I would suggest that things have derated quite significantly. And we were actually looking at uh, certainly in recent days and weeks, companies in this space sort of trading below replacement cost for their assets. Um, so I think they are quite depressed. Uh, and, and, and let's not forget that battery storage, you know, has a key role to play in, in the future um, of the electricity grid in, in the UK and, and more, more broadly. Um, so, um, you know, we understand why they've derated recently, um, but I think it's probably uh, overdone. Um, and we have started to see a bit of a move off the lows. Um, uh, you asked more broadly across our across our universe. I mean, it's fair to say that the broader sector has derated significantly over the last twelve to eighteen months. Now, you know, this has been driven by the, the sort of macro factors that we were talking about a bit earlier. Um, and I would suggest that you know when you look at the yields on offer from these companies, um, where they trade relative to their asset valuations uh, today, we haven't really seen the sector trading uh, at such low levels, certainly not in the fund's lifetime. And generally speaking, the, these assets have greater exposure to power prices. And now that prices have started to come down, what's your view as we stand today? Does it 
influence the opportunity available. And, and, and as you just said, it's, you know, valuations are incredibly cheap levels versus their long-term average. Does it make that opportunity set more compelling for the fund going forward? Um, well, on, this, on the point of uh, power prices, I think you know it's important to understand, uh, as I noted earlier, you, you know a large element of expected revenues are are contracted. Um, you know, and these are a mix of um, subsidies that underpin uh, an element of, of, of revenues. Um, you've got fixed power price sales, so you know long term power purchase agreements that, that sort of give you great visibility around pricing or more shorter term hedges, uh, you know, which kind of lock in, uh, you know, visibility on, on, on revenues. Um, and then you may have some market exposure, you know, wholesale electricity price exposure. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think we need to, you know, as power prices have gone up, you know, in recent years on the back of, um, well, largely driven by the conflict in, in Ukraine, um, but the energy market was tight going into that anyway. Uh, so you've had a spike in prices and they, they're starting to alleviate um, considerably now. Um, you know, just like companies didn't benefit on a one-for-one -one basis as prices went higher, um, because of their hedging forward sales, for example, um, you know they're not coming back on a one-for-one -one basis either as these power prices fall. Um, I think the other thing you've got to note on power prices is that a lot of the action that we're seeing, the volatility in prices, is at the nearer end, right? So on a sort of let's say one to three-year view is where prices have spiked up and are now. I mean, lower, you know, the very long term sort of power price curve that a lot of these companies incorporate into their valuations has actually been relatively stable. So, so it's really sort of near years where you've seen this big volatility in power prices. But as I say, they, it, it, it's not for, you know, asset valuations or cash flows don't move you know, one for one with, with those near term movements. Um, some companies have, uh, benefited uh, significantly from recent high, higher prices and it's improved their profitability. Those are the companies that have had greater exposure to spot prices. Um, so to your question about, you know, how, how maybe does power pricing influence the opportunities available? I think for me, maybe it's, uh, you know, may influence views on exposures. So um, a good example would be, um, well, let's just say having a bigger exposure to companies that maybe have more spot exposure in recent years has been beneficial. Uh, as power prices are coming down lower, um, perhaps you might have a more constructive view on companies that have sort of hedged uh, into that higher environment and are therefore perhaps less exposed as, as, as these prices have come down. And Will, the, the aim of this fund is also to deliver a regular income for investors. How do the underlying companies generate this reliable income? Yeah, so you know, in the main, the companies we own are, are producing power, uh, renewable energy, 
Um, and these are sold to, to off-takers like utilities and other corporate entities, for example, on very long-term contracts. Um, as I've mentioned, a, a lot of these companies will also benefit from receiving subsidy payments for, for the power they produce, uh, you know, further supporting those revenue streams. Now, companies return a lot of a large element of those cash flows to investors such as ourselves via dividends. Um, and, and that's really um, you know, what we're focused on. So it's those, you know, these companies are providing a critical service, right? You, you need this electricity throughout market cycles. They sell it to various um, users or off-takers uh, on long-term contracts. That cycles back to very visible and reliable cash flow streams that they distribute to shareholders such as ourselves uh, via dividends. And that's how that income stream uh, comes through and is, it is quite uh, dependable. And finally, how does this fund fit within a wider portfolio for investors? Yes, um, well, um, I, I'm probably the wrong side of the fence, uh, perhaps, to, uh, to comment. But from my point of view, uh, in a multi-asset portfolio, I think the strategy can certainly provide a diversifier, uh, you know, alongside other traditional asset classes that you would have in there. Um, and and I, I guess, probably needless to say, it certainly uh, would be um, useful, I believe, and, and, and uh, you know, naturally fitting in a, an income-focused multi-asset portfolio, that's for sure. Will, thank you very much for your time today. The VT Gravis Clean Energy Income Fund taps into the expertise of the Gravis Group to create a portfolio of renewable energy and energy efficiency-related projects that are benefiting from the secular move to more sustainable energy demands. For more information on the VT Gravis Clean Energy Income Fund, visit fundcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only. Mm -hmm.